You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. And welcome in for another edition of Scatter Shooting. I'm Randy Renner. I'm Jeremy Griffin. And we're going to talk about just darn near anything. anything. Whatever comes up. I'm excited about that. That's why we call it Scatter Shooting, because we're just going to be all over the place. Anything goes. If you're familiar with laser targeting, this is not it. <laughs> It's the total opposite of laser targeting. That's right. That is that's right. Uh, very much different than laser targeting. Uh, but you know, I kind of want to start with, uh, and, and I realize for us as we record this, it's all fresh in our minds because mm-hmm. for us, it just happened last night. For people who are listening to this, two uh, weeks from now, two weeks uh, or a long, I mean, you know, who yeah, knows? Yeah, they could be going back. That's yes, true. they could be. They could be going back. They could have just discovered it. It could be a year from now. It's probably I, I aliens know. on another planet because this made it out. <laughs> this is it, though. I'm sure it would be aliens on other planet because I, you know, we've talked about this before, and we may get into it again because I, I so. do believe there are aliens on other planets, or and maybe planet. they're maybe they're not aliens. Maybe they're our ancestors. There it is. So, I mean, you know, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Thunder Basketball. Oh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder, they're coming And we have listeners there. in Houston, just so you know. So... Well, I'm going to talk about the Rockets also. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for kind of directing that away from the mic. That was... Well, we've got I mean, that, it was... Yeah, we got a that, guard. You know, the guard. That was the good. Windscreen. I mean, I don't ever talk in the mic. I don't care. That's uh, kind of an Archie Bunker uh, raspberry <laughs> there for anybody that still remembers uh, uh, Archie Eat Bunker it. and Eat all it. of the family. Whatever he called it. Yeah. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Yeah. Eat it. Uh, Eat it. Where are you there? Where, where's Meathead? Meathead? Meathead, where you know, and it's how much? See, here we go. This is scatter shooting. We were going to talk about that, and now we're kind of. You don't see shows like All in the Family on television anymore. You won't. And you won't. Right. You talk about something that is politically incorrect. Wow. Right. And uh, I, I actually, I've been watching something else that I watched back in the day when it was on, and I forgotten a little bit about just how good of a show it is and also for a lot of reasons how politically incorrect that show was what's that nypd blue oh with uh chick no is it michael chickless isn't in that is he no he was in the shield shield which is another great show (laughs) from back in the day no this was uh well the for the one season it was David Caruso. Oh yeah. One season and a few episodes. And uh Dennis France was uh in it for the whole That's pretty much who the I whole was thinking run of. of the show, Andy Sipowitz. Yeah. His uh character. But no, they used words in that show that you cannot cannot say. I mean they use the full words uh mm. and you can't say those anymore on uh on television yeah but what a great show that was and of course all in the family iconic classic did show. you see the live version they did yes a couple years i did ago? i actually thought it was pretty good yeah i was surprised i i was too and i you know there were a couple of actors you know i was a little bit disappointed in and some i thought you know did a really good job but i like marissa tomei i thought uh-huh. she did great i did too yeah i did too marissa, I thought, if you're listening we like you I thought, I thought she was great but you know that's the problem sometimes you try to reboot some of these tv series 
and we've had a lot of that lately mm-hmm. but the the ones it's one thing if it was a show that it was just kind of there you know and you reboot it and you're like oh okay but shows and all in the family certainly is one where the stars of that show and the characters they're one and the same they become one and the same right and anybody else that's doing that or you have it totally reimagined like we've seen it's just not you really you're so shocked by it almost for those of us who are old enough to remember the original versions right you know it's like really i'm not really going for this <laughs> and i also was a in those days i was a big hawaii Five O fan and although i ended up liking the reboot of hawaii Five O, mm-hmm. it was so different from the original uh you know the yeah it's totally different this the steve mcgarrett of today was much different than the steve mcgarrett then and of course if you're at all familiar with the old hawaii Five O and the new hawaii Five O, the <laughs> the the character that was nothing like the original mm-hmm. kono right because originally Kono was a very large native Hawaiian man. Right. And in the reboot, gorgeous babe. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I first saw that, I was like, wow. <laughs> but I was also like, okay, Grace Park. I'm I'm kind of on board with this. I'm kind of liking this. And you know, and, and then the other one that's been rebooted that's also much different character or actor wise uh magnum pi mm. you know you you have tom Selleck as magnum and then you know and i quite frankly i haven't really watched i've just seen some previews and the guy the magnum character i not really very much doesn't really remind you of a Tom Selleck yeah. type. I see some of that stuff. I just don't think you even should do. It's too right. iconic. It's yes. Just, it's just too iconic. That's yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I agree. Unless you're gonna, unless you're gonna try it. I thought the all in the family thing, the live version, number one, you know, that's pretty cool doing it, actually doing it live. Right. And, uh, but I, I thought they were pretty faithful to the way, the old series, the obviously different. Well, yeah, actors and actresses, right? And it's but, more of an homage because they're actually yes. reproducing an actual show by the script. Uh, welcome to the show, Lori Griffin, bringing us water. Oh, Lori, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Say hi, really loud. Hi. <laughs> hi. That's my wife. I texted her so nicely to bring us water. Oh, that's who were you? I didn't. I didn't know. You I, were just I, thinking I wasn't paying attention. Well, and it falls in line with what everybody else does. Right. So I, I mean, I'm used to being. We get ignored. in the conversation, we grab our phone, and we start playing. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. But that is that is one thing that I really liked about the the new All in the Family. It was the character, even though different actors and actresses, the characters remain true to what they were. Yeah. Rather than what we've seen with Magnum PI what we've seen with Hawaii Five-0 mm-hmm. that, you know, they weren't really true to what, to what it was. But like I said, I ended up liking the new Hawaii Five-0. I haven't really, I haven't checked well, in on the new Magnum, of, but you, I think you liked it because of Grace Park. Definitely. 
Yes, so. I d- darn sure did that. <laughs> All right, now let's let's see if we yeah. can work our way back around. I will pull us off. Basketball. I'm just telling you, it's going to change. <laughs> well, but go I, ahead. I've I've derailed us on more than one occasion, but. <laughs> Hey, uh, Sports Center update. Yes, we got it. Sports Center update. Who knows what that is? But um, <laughs> the uh, I, you know, I thought going into the season, I thought thirty-five wins, probably the most they could do, assuming a regular season too. Uh, uh, right. Well, season. yeah, and uh, and of course, then at the beginning of the season, we had no idea that you know mm-hmm. the pandemic would hit and the world would basically come to an end. And really, the biggest question I had uh, was Chris Paul, because you know, for until this season, you know, he had strung together about three seasons, I think, where he was averaging playing only about sixty games, right. so missing about twenty. And his, uh, you know, efficiency, you know, had gone down, points had gone down, everything. And so he looked like someone who was certainly, not that he isn't, you know, certainly at the tail end of his career. I think he is at the tail end of his career. But this season, he was as good as you can be. Yeah. And he's had, you know, the clutch numbers for him all season and for this team all season have been best in the NBA. Right. And so it's a watching game seven last night for us. And again, if you're listening, who knows how long ago it was, Mm -hmm. uh, the thunder did not play particularly well in the clutch. And this has been their thing all season. If we're in it at the end, if it's close at the end, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they have they have the most clutch wins in the NBA this year by a wide margin. But it just ended up not happening for them. Yeah. I, you know, they had a lot of things went wrong toward the end and the last play. And obviously, you've only got a second and a couple of, right. you know, and so it's... The fact that they could run a couple plays in less than two seconds is weird anyway. To yeah, me. and so, I, you know, but... I, I hated the way things ended, but when you look back on it, I thought it was a heck of a season. And now, because of the pandemic and what has gone on, it's really going to be, and it was going to be interesting anyway, right. under normal circumstances. But now, what about the future of this team? You know, they could be faced and likely will be faced with some huge financial decisions and where we go as far as what the salary cap does, what the luxury tax does. I've seen some estimates that the that the salary cap and the luxury tax could come down by as much as $20 million. Oof. Well, teams have already planned on, and, and so, you know, you're, you're looking at some teams that would have to, if that happens, We'll have to ditch a, a lot of guys. Right. But here's the problem with that. They're not going to be able to afford them. So in a normal situation, if you can't afford to keep some of your guys because of the luxury tax, there's always at least some teams who are willing to, to pick that up. Well, this year may not be those teams either. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see. What ends up happening? You know, and I think this is the thing because we have the, you know, these two looming things causing all of this. We have the pandemic, uh, which would be arguably what's causing all this. And I think what's, I say arguably because I think the uh, social unrest due to essentially what amounts to a race divide in this country right now is equally affecting all sports because you have, um, so many people taking these political stands and um, 
you know, so many people watching, they don't care about a person's politics. They just want to watch the sports. And I think this is something that's really lost on so many people. You and I are, have been in media in one form or fashion. You've been in hardcore for a long time. I've been on the fringes. And so we keep up with the state of everything mm-hmm. news. But the average person on this in this country, if you think about how many how many people voted for president last year, or last year, last None. election. <laughs> Thank you. Last, last election, 2016. Our population is 320-something or 350-something million. We'll just say somewhere in that ballpark. But like one-third voted, if I remember right. Roughly one-third. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. So if you take that, one-third, like people who aren't even political will still get out and vote. But if it's one-third, then that's a fair assumption that at least two-thirds of the population just don't care. Well, you know, you you bring up a good point, and I, it's, you know, we, we have heard, you know, with the NBA and with uh, other sports teams, college teams, NFL teams, there's been, as we lead up to the election in November, there's been a concerted effort for teams uh, to register their players hmm. to vote. You know, there there were some NBA teams that went out and registered to vote. There was, you know, the uh, Oklahoma uh, OU, you know, when they had their unity march here a few days ago, they went out and registered all of their players to vote. And they tweeted out all of our players registered to vote. And what NBA team tweeted out all of our players registered to vote. Are all of their players American citizens? Some of them are not. Okay, no. just so we're clear. But <laughs> but they registered, so uh, I don't yeah, know exactly. whatever that means. But my my the my other thought on this is, if they registered all their players to vote, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means none of them. If all of them right registered it means to none vote, of them were. it means none of them were. To go back to your point of how few people actually vote in some of these elections. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the presidential election, a lot of people that don't vote for anything else are going to vote for that. Right. But even then, you still have a lot of people who are, you know, whether it's I just don't want to do it. I just don't care. My vote's not going to swing it, you know, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't have time, whatever it is. A lot of people don't vote in this country, and that's a shame. Right. Well, and I think, you know, to me, the the point of all that is, is that when you as a as an organization, whether your business, any, any kind of public platform, you use that for getting out a message, and I'm not making a comment on the message either way. When you use it to get out a message, if that message by its very nature is divisive, meaning again, meaning it's going to cause divide, people will either agree or disagree with that message. Then you, and I don't understand why anybody would ever do this by the way, because you are absolutely going to alienate a group of people. And so I think the problem is, is that especially in sports, um, it seems to be a, pretty unified across all sports one side of this message and not to say that other people on the other side i think other the the people watching and and uh, partaking in this product 
um, they actually are watching sports to get a break from the intensity of the social justice world from the politics and everything else. And, and so ultimately what I think happens is, and what I of course have heard people say and have seen is I I'm done with it. I don't want to watch this anymore. So you have the pandemic that's directly affecting revenue stream because you can't have games in your arenas. Right. And most NBA teams, it varies a little bit, but most NBA teams, about 40% of their income is from home games right the crowd at home games right so you have that that issue and then you add the issue that you're turning people off from your product period um i am what what i thought about in all this and this isn't unique to the nba although i think the nba is probably the most extreme version of what we're talking about that i've seen um and we haven't seen the nfl yet right there's going to be some big changes in the nfl yes uh, but you know, even with the NFL, by just the sheer lack of number of games, it's not as prolific, True. you know, yeah. but I think, um, I think I'm, what I'm reminded of is the movie interstellar. And, uh, did you see that movie with, uh, Matthew McConaughey as an you know, astronaut? I saw some of it. I don't oh, remember. Oh my gosh. Great movie. Great movie. You need to watch it again if you don't remember. And if you don't think it's a great movie, then we'll find a new host for scatter shooting. Um, <laughs> No, the uh, here, here's what I was interesting that, you know, the idea here is the world is struck with this. Uh, the world being the earth is struck with this uh, plague called the blight. And it's basically killing off all the crops and they have essentially a global dust bowl. And so, you know, Matthew McConaughey's kid gets in trouble. Also, side note, because of this, they've literally like rewritten history in this movie. Um, it's a little 1984-ish in a way, but very in a subtext way. Because they rewrote history, they've kind of hidden the fact that we ever had a space program. Um, it was really kind of interesting, and so Matthew McConaughey's character was an astronaut in the space program. So his daughter is is in school, and she's contradicting what the history books say about it. And he call he gets called in um, to answer for this. And so the teachers, the principal, whoever, saying, "What are you going to do about this?" And he looks at him, he says, "I think I'm going to take her to a baseball game, buy her buy her some." peanuts and cracker jacks or whatever he says something like that because he's proud of her right so they go to the and he said he's in the car with her and he says hey i'm going to take you to see my favorite team and so you, you don't know what that means right so you go to this baseball game and it looks like basically a high school stadium that we would be used to probably 300 fans at the most and they're sitting there watching the game and the game they're watching is the new york yankees playing against another team and I don't remember the other team, but it's the New York Yankees. And you and he's telling the story before you realize that because it's one of those zoom out kind of moments, you know. He's telling the story about the, you know, heroes that played for the Yankees and stuff. And what it's really laid out is because the world has fallen in such disarray that that's how important those games have become. That 300 people go into attendance to watch the New York Yankees at a high school sized field. And the game gets called because of a dust storm that's rolling in. And... It's so I I'm reminded of that when I look at the state of our country and what's going on and what's moving forward. Like I have zero hope for no matter what the outcome is in the presidential election this year. There's no fundamental hope for any kind of end to the disharmony, the the division in the country because it's so divided. When half the country disagrees with the other half. 
and and really, I mean, I don't know which side is is worse. I certainly have my opinion, but fundamentally, at least one side is incredibly aggressive and violent. Um, and I'm sure both sides have, I know both sides have those entities, but the point is, is that any level of violence is not the way to deal with division. It doesn't, you get violent, you don't go, oh, okay, I guess we're unified again. <laughs> that doesn't happen. All it does is it increases the divide. And for some reason, this idea that violence is the solution, and I'm the kind of guy that would probably default to that. I mean, I really am. Not not violence, but I'd be like, you know what? Don't mess with me, and you won't get messed with. It's a libertarian mindset, right? And so I look at that, and I think, well, this is the tactic that has been adopted. This is the new approach that we're going to we're going to use violence to change the <laughs> change the person's perspective. <clears throat> now, now, well, I w- I'm just going to have to call you Debbie Downer. I know. I'm sorry. Boy, that's but let me tell you this. But I'm speaking to the Thunders next season because I'm like I don't. I don't perceive one. Uh, let me tell you this about that, Debbie. Uh, I am really on board with what you said because I cannot tell you how many times I've thought about what this is going to look like going forward. Yeah. Are we forever going to not be able to go to a basketball game or forever have to social distance and only get 2000 people into a 20,000 seat arena. When they call it a new normal, that's what's being said. Right. right? And, and are we never going to be able to tailgate at a football game again? Are we never going to be able to see packed stadiums? And I, you know, and the way things are right now at this particular moment, I'm thinking maybe not. And then what is that going to happen, especially to colleges and, and universities revenue, man, as, oh my as gosh. we record this show it was just a few days ago that Texas tech laid off 40 uh, people in their athletic department and cut the pay for everyone making more than $30,000. Oh my gosh. And so, and my they son estimate, makes more than that as a, as a right yeah right wow and and that's you know you would think in a place like that it's like well we'll cut the pay of everybody making more than three hundred thousand dollars exactly but no it's everybody making thirty thousand dollars or above and thirty thousand dollars especially you know if you're trying to feed a family on thirty thousand dollars a year you're probably not doing a you're probably not doing it very well no my like i said my son's in that probably in that ballpark i don't know exactly yeah. what it makes he lives in a studio apartment by himself and he feeds a cat and he's, yeah, he's not rolling. Yeah. And so <laughs> they estimate their losses this season at about $25 million, but that it could be considerably more if they're not going to be able to have fans at all. I mean, right now, you know, the big 12, basically every big 12 school is saying, we're going to try to do about 20, 25% capacity, you know, and there are some some uh you know teams in other areas aren't going to play at all and so mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to have their and and for colleges and universities primarily it's football that drives the financial bus and right. w- without that everything is going to suffer there's you know there are several smaller colleges and universities that say well you know without football we're probably we may not have anything this academic season you know from 
fall and spring. We're not because we can't do spring sports because football helps pay the bills there. Yeah. And we may not be able to have anything. And so, so how does, when does through, that trickle down to the, to the tuition? Well, it doesn't really trickle down to the tuition I mean, because meaning, they got to make money somewhere. Well, that's what I'm and, saying. When do they raise tuition? Oh, I, yeah. Well, there, there are people who are saying, you know, because a lot of people who for these universities that have gone virtual only, uh, and, um, you know, like uh, OU and OSU did last spring, and like many other universities are doing so now. You know, people, students have said, well, I, I, we're not in class, so, you know, this is, we're online here, so where's the tuition break? Mm-hmm. And there's not one. No. And in some cases, the tuition may very well be raised, and one of, and probably the, well, there's two reasons. Number one, they got to find some money somewhere. Right. And number two, uh, it costs a lot more money to do online than it does in person. Yeah. Because think about this. You know, a lot of people say, well, how can that be? Well, think about this. Like at OU and OSU, they already, they had some classes, obviously, were online. You know, they both had online sure. programs. But it was designed only for maybe a couple thousand students. Well, and then that's what their servers were set up for. That's what the curriculum, all of that was set up for that. But when you, and that was their intention. I mean, you know, at OU and OSU and many of the other major universities around the country, they had no intention until this of eliminating in-person teaching, in-person classes, (laughs) And so to all of a sudden from a standing start to have to go from a handful basically of students online to the entire student body online, the investment that they had to make in upgrading all of their servers, all of their equipment, uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And what that means for the future, I don't, I don't know that we have that answer. Yeah, yeah. So this is the, tr- the and this is really I would say this is the same argument that people make about oil that if you try to eliminate oil from our economy you you can't just cold turkey it you've got to do a shift you've got to swing because uh, whether you agree with whether we should or shouldn't it's not the question but let's just say you're getting rid of oil from the economy it's a and huge- that's what uh, you know Alexandria Ocasio Cortez you know that's part of the right. Green New Deal and Joe Biden well. Depending upon the version of Joe Biden, he's either really for it or, or really against, uh, really it. against yeah, it. You don't know. It depends upon the soundbite that you're playing. <laughs> Is it the soundbite of Joe saying, uh, you know, we're going to eliminate fracking or the soundbite of Joe sh- saying, I never said we're going to eliminate fracking. Donald <laughs> Trump is lying. Right. And then you play the soundbite again of him going, we are going to eliminate. Pra- uh, okay. Which, yeah. Well, and, but in, and here's the whole thing. It, Again, if you get rid of oil because of its place in the economy, it has to be a transition. You have to shift to it because the economy can't move at that speed. It can't just go, oh, we're doing this. Now we're doing this. It doesn't make that turn. Well, right. It's like the old, you know, the old saying about you do can't turn an aircraft carrier on a dime. Exactly. You know, if you've got a, one of those little bitty Fiat imports, you can turn that baby around really quick. Right. You can't turn an aircraft carrier on 
Right. Um, real quick. And that's what's going on to me. This is what COVID has brought to the table. Right. Is everybody is having to make a change instantly. And while some areas of the economy are booming, for instance, IT. Sure. If you're an IT professional right now, if you're even in the field that I'm in, if you're doing live, if you can help people get live streaming going and, and media production, dude, there, we need. there's millions of jobs available. But if you are doing making that shift that switch how many people in retail for example retail space well jc penny man i got my my personal uniform for jc penny for years now i've got to get new shirts what am i gonna do <laughs> i mean i it's not like i chose jc penny for any other reason other than i went to every store i try i looked found something exactly what i wanted and i bought eight of each of each one of each one eight of the same shirt because <laughs> you know that's how i roll but Except for today, which I'm out of uniform. So my point is, is that the retail space is dying because of COVID and the online space for purchasing things are booming. So eliminating all conspiracies from the conversation, because that's just going to muddy the waters, though I fully believe there are conspiracies afoot. We're in the same boat here. You can't just turn on a dime and it's going to cost jobs and ultimately will cost lives. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. If nothing else, through depression and those increases in suicide. And and quite frankly, I I think it already has. No, it has. Absolutely. We've already seen that because of just what you're saying. Depression, the suicide rate's gone up, the murder rate's gone up. Chemical abuse. Chemical abuse, Mm -hmm. uh, alcohol abuse. It's it's all gone. And and why wouldn't it? Sure. Why wouldn't it? You know, when you're in a situation, I mean, you know, even people who are in the best of mental shape, right? You know, uh, all of a sudden, your whole life has changed in an instant, right? Back back on basically March 11th, yeah, when Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus at Chesapeake Energy Arena. It all start. We're it, ground zero, man. Yes, that's where really it really got right. going because that game was canceled. Then the rest of the NBA the was canceled. started to fall, and then the various con- uh, college basketball conference basketball tournaments, one after the other, canceled, and and then everything else. You know, baseball spring training was started, but then stopped, mm-hmm. and and everything, and and. And now people are dealing with all kinds of things that a few months ago they hadn't even thought about having to deal with. Right. And and now, you know, you're just, and so sure, you know, and, and for people who were, who were in the margins to begin with in the, in the good times, mm-hmm. and maybe they had various issues in their life, struggling with alcohol or drugs or whatever they may have been struggling with you pile all of this onto that yeah forget it forget it yeah yes well and that's the thing even just you know you look at the the airline industry for example it's falling apart everything's falling apart and it's residual i remember my my wife's uh in 2008 we had a massive economic crash right so 2008 happens well it trickled down into my wife's industry in 2010 so it took two years for that to affect that the big housing bubble is really what the bailouts, all that jazz. So, you know, I'm looking at a space and this is what I would encourage everybody who's listening. You've got to get out of the mindset of a single revenue stream in your life. 
Because a single revenue stream in your life is about the most detrimental way you can live because when that one thing goes away, you're totally hosed. And you cannot count on it. And I think that it's one of the things I'm trying to teach my boys as they grow up is, man, do things. Just do different things. Take and leverage every talent you have. And maybe you get $500 a month from here and 1000 a month from here and whatever. And next thing you know, you're doing a bunch of stuff, but you're kind of working for yourself, yeah. doing the things that you do well, and making a fair living. And and let the, the, the work, because then if you lose one of those revenue streams, it's one. It's, right. it's not all. Right. And you can kind of make up for that. You can make adjustments in the way you spend, whatever. But man, I, you know, again, back to this no hope thing that I'm glad everyone gets to listen to so that they can get more depressed. But um, <laughs> I, I know. I, but I mean, think about it. Like, seriously, if anybody could give me a compelling reason why I'm full of crap other than just optimism, I'm, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I, I'd love to be an optimistic guy, but I think a realist is a, a prepared person who knows what's going to happen. Or, I mean, who can at least be agile enough to deal with what's coming even if you don't know what's coming, right? Yeah. And I, there's always extremes to this. But ultimately, the writing is on the wall. You can't... There's two scenarios. Either Donald Trump gets a second term or Joe Biden gets a first term. Now, well, part of one. Part of a first term, probably, And then it's Kamala right? Harris. Well, and that's the thing. There's actually many scenarios if you break down from that because what's being laid out right now is the uh, I heard this uh, just yesterday that the, uh, the Democratic Party was doing some uh, basically election turnout war games and what would happen, and the advice to that every not not advice but like the pure strategy statement is there is absolutely no way that Joe Biden will ever concede the election on election night for sure, and 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 because of the mail in voting thing, and so what what's being said is Donald Trump will win in a landslide. Mm-hmm. And because then, Republicans generally, I think the number is something like uh, 65% of Republicans vote on election day right. in person. And uh, and it's like about 45% of Democrats right. do that. And so I think I probably saw the same thing. That yeah. The guess is that Donald Trump is going to appear to have won maybe in a landslide on election night. But then as all these mail-in votes come trickling in, uh, that Joe Biden, a week later or a month later or a year later, whatever right. it is, is going to end up actually winning it right? because of, of all of that. To me, first, let me just say this. Redoing this, like having this mail-in voting thing right now is about the most ridiculous thing in the world to do. Don't You want to change the system? Let's change it next year. When we're not going to have another big election for three years. Well, and, years. and let's let's begin to change it next year so that by the time we get to the next presidential exactly. election, we'll have figured it out. Exactly. Be, but, be, because it's just like, I, you know, where uh, uh, some of the places that people I know where they, you know, where they live, there have been other people have lived there. Yeah. Really. Unless you've built your own house and have always lived there, generally someone will have lived at that address before you. Mm -hmm. Well, that person's, or people, multiples, their names may still be on the voter rolls at that address. 
And so what's probably going to happen is, you know, they're going to, the postal service is going to mail out ballots to everybody on the, the on the voter rolls. And so you're good. People are going to get ballots for people that don't live there anymore. Right. And so what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, some of them will just throw the old ones away. Right. Some of them, my guess is. Will vote. Darn right. Well, they'll and, vote as that guy or that family or right. whoever else. Well, and voter fraud's going to exist for all of time. It doesn't matter what method we use. We have voter fraud now. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So I would argue if people really want everybody to vote, you want every person to vote, create an app. Mm-hmm. create an app and make it happen. And, and they're like, well, what about fraud? Yeah, no, I get it. But you're, we got fraud anyway. So put in all these levels of verification, whatever it is. And that's not racist to put in levels of verification for who you are. I don't know how those two things ever got connected, but it's not. So you verify that you're a legal voter and then you vote. And honestly, a social security number is going to be pretty dang secure. And, and so I realize there's all sorts of risks. People might be scared of this or whatever, but you're going to get a lot more than 100 million people voting. And if you want the will of the country to be done, right. make it possible for everyone to vote. And I'm 100% for that. Now, with that said, what's what's being laid out, if you were going to do mail-in voting, first I would say you have a two-week window. The votes need to be in and counted by election day. So they vote two weeks out, just like absentee voting. Right. It, it should be and exactly the thing, you know, the same. And the thing, you know, so way, way too many people confuse the two. Yeah. You know, you know, when you hear somebody's voting absentee, it's like, well, you know, what's mail in? You've been voting by mail. Yes and no. Yeah. Because yes, for people, some will mail in their absentee ballot. Mm -hmm. However, they got their absentee ballot by requesting it and proving that they are who they are and that they are registered to vote. And why they need an absentee ballot. And why they need an absentee ballot. You know, and used to, you had to say, well, you know, you were going to be out of the country on election day or you weren't going to be able to vote in your your place place of residence on that. Now they've they've kind of relaxed those requirements to a certain extent, but... For mail-in voting, like I was talking about, you know, there are going to be some places that are just going to send out ballots to everybody that's on the voter rolls. Right. Well, there may be somebody on there that's dead or somebody that certainly doesn't live at that address. Maybe that person used to live in Oklahoma City. And maybe now they live in Salt Lake City. Why are we, seriously, why are we talking about the mail in this? I mean, I'm seriously just kind of, we say it as a casual statement. My gosh, how many people listening to this podcast mail their bills even today? I mean, there's probably some that do, but there's probably a healthy chunk that don't mail any. Most people will probably not mail at least some. I mean, nobody mails their bill to Netflix. I can promise you that. So I don't, it's it's an outdated mode of doing anything. I, you know, I understand there's a certain segment of the population that that are not online right you know very 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 minuscule they don't have their own uh you know and if when they are online they're at a library because they don't have internet service or they don't have a computer ipad you know whatever and uh but even the homeless have smartphones i mean there's programs that exist they give them smartphones that have data yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Yes. 
And, you know, like you, I mean, there, I, I resisted it for a long sure. time, you know, about doing anything on online. I mean, as far as money related, right, right. you know, paying my bills or buying stuff on, online because, you know, you're, you're just like, well, oh, geez, I, uh, they're <laughs> right. going to have access to my bank account number. I'm putting a, my account number, my routing information. What? Whoa. <laughs> right. You know, I'm going to do this to get a t-shirt from somewhere. And all of a sudden I'm going to turn around and I'm not going to have any money in my account, period. End of story. Right. Took me a while to get over that. And now, like you said, I pay all my bills online. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I buy online, you know, certain things I don't because I'm just. You want to see it. I, yes. Yeah. Not only do I want to see it, I want to see it like. <clears throat> I'm really bad when it comes to caps. Yeah. You know, and I've I've ordered some, several, quite frankly, online because there's certain, I'm a, you know, baseball guy, you know, there's certain teams you, you can't find in stores here in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm gotta order them online if i'm gonna get them and it's always a crapshoot because i like it a certain to fit a certain way on my head mm-hmm. and so you know i like to try them on well you know you can't try them on when you buy it online you're looking at it you're thinking eh, it looks like it would be good i'm probably <sighs> roll the dice right and, and i've purchased caps and tried them on and thought oh this is perfect yeah doesn't get any better and then there's some that i've tried on and i've never worn again Mm -hmm. 25 bucks down the drain or you know whatever i mean the price of caps these days holy crap those bad boys right there 40 bucks i was gonna say you know 25 is relatively cheap Mm -hmm. these days and i haven't worn them again because i didn't get a chance to try them on but my point is i do a whole lot more business online than i ever did yeah and i and i'm you know, I've not been burned other than I didn't like the way a cap looked, but I mean, right. as far as somebody hacking my bank account or see, you know, that's never happened to me. Mm. Knock on wood. This is real wood too. So you're good. good. That's good. But, and so a lot of people, and so, yes, you know, and we do social security. Most people do social security online, right? You know, where they sign up for it and they get it, you know, and the money's deposited into their account. And sure, you know, there are some people that that's been hacked. But if we can do that, we we can figure right. out a way to vote online. And we right. can figure out a way where it all happens on election day and can be, t- or le- the lead up to election right. day. You know, you can open it up a week in advance or what, whatever it is. But it needs to be done by election day, by the end of, you know, what, whatever, a certain time, seven o'clock in the evening, generally local time. Yeah. There'd be no, you'd be done the counting as soon as the polls close to close. Like yeah. it's, it's, that's the number. Right. <laughs> because you can, you can get it to where you, you know what it is. And, and so it can happen. Yeah. And then, and I'm like you, I mean, you know, I don't think it should be so difficult and not that it, is right but it's just people getting out to, to it's register difficult because people like seriously the 2016 when i voted i it was almost it was a uh may have been the first time i really wasn't planning on voting i guess what i was gonna say what i'm gonna say i had gotten to the point i was i didn't like either candidate i didn't want to vote for anybody on the ballot 
And I'm like, well, my, my gosh, I am. St- I, I'm. It, for me, it's like I'd rather not have. I, would, I don't want to even cast a vote because I don't want to vote against somebody, which is where I was standing. Who did I want to vote against? <laughs> and that's what I did. I voted against somebody. And so I ended up voting though because the guilt got to me. When you're born July Fourth, nineteen seventy six. You, there's certain things that just yeah, happen. You probably, yes. I will always have hamburgers and hot dogs on that day, even if it's even if I want a steak, or I want Italian food, or Mexican food, or something, some you know ethnic food, which I prefer. Uh, I'm gonna have hamburgers and hot dogs that day because it's it's American, and I'll probably have pie. Uh, it changes apple pie, cherry pie. So it's not always apple pie. It's not always. Um, but no, I you know, but hey, you see what I'm saying. So, I'm a hot dogs and hamburgers kind of guy on the Fourth of July too. You gotta be right. And I Back usually cold always beer. yes, yeah. a, a cold beer or some sort of adult beverage. I usually always wear something, maybe several somethings. Red, white, and blue. Yes, absolutely. Or and something that says USA on it, like yeah. a cap or a T-shirt why or something you? like that. Right. right. Why wouldn't you? Well, no. <laughs> So here's the thing. See, so, I and you, <laughs> we would we would always yeah. wear something like that. Yeah, and 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 20 years from now, when the United States of America is just a faint memory in the yes, minds of people like you and I, you know, what, whatever we might be then, right? I will still dress up in that material and have hot dogs and hamburgers. But, but you may you I may go you, to jail for it. I was going to say you may have to do it in the privacy of your basement nope. so that nobody sees it. Nope, send me to jail. Okay. I don't care. Right. So uh, or kill me. I mean, honestly, could I don't be care. Either way. Lots could of go people. Way. Lots of people die for this nation. Why am I any different? Absolutely. But let me just say this. So I I ended up voting. When you talk about being hard to vote, I so I show up at the polls at like five five thirty. That line was as long as a football field. Mm-hmm. Now that is a deterrent for people to vote. Is getting out there, getting in the line. It's November, by the way. Um, so what's happening is in a lot of places it's pretty dang cold, and right. so you're outside, standing in line, trying to get in. And then when you get, I mean, it, nobody wants to stand in line ever. And the way our culture has moved, there's less lines to stand in. So it is a huge deterrent for people to go vote. When they are driving by their voting place and they see the line, they drive by at lunch, they see the line, (laughs) they drive by on their way home, they see the line. And so, yes, I think that that plays a huge part. And and the arguments that are being made about voting and all that crap, I think are... They're just political arguments. They're not practical arguments. They're absolutely political arguments. Right. I mean, it's, it's totally that. So, at the end of the day, you know, my whole point in saying this is talking about this no hope thing. So... We get to the election, regardless of the end result, which won't, we'll probably likely not have even... I don't think we'll ever actually have closure on the end result because we're also living in a world where nobody trusts the news media at all. And who do we find out who won the election from? The news media. So why are we going to try... And you know what? We, we usually decipher the truth based on what we see on social media, right? Social posts from people with phones and all that other jazz, right? Burning, riots, all this jazz. So no matter what the media says, we're like, oh, well, the media says this. This is what this person says. But guess what citizens won't have access to? The results of the vote. We, we, we won't know. We won't have a Twitter feed of somebody that is just a random guy who can know exactly where the votes are. Well, and, and that this year is more true than it's ever been. Yeah. Because what you will have, and, you know, there are, you can go to 
you know, the state election board often, you can sure. find out what yeah. the, what the vote is. That's where the media gets the information. But supposedly, but what that will be what the tally is for people who voted that day, right? Plus people who sent in their absentee and however many people sent in their mail-in ballots early enough to be counted by election day. Right. But what you won't really have any idea about is how many haven't been counted. How many of those mail-in ballots haven't been counted? There's There are even some states and municipalities where they don't have to be in by election day. Yeah. And which they have to be boggles postmarked the or mind. Right? Not even that. Wow. You know, because, and, and each there, there needs to, if we're ever going to do that. And I, the, the total mail in thing, if we want to go total absentee and use that formula. Okay. But the total mail in thing, there isn't a, each state can do its own. And so you have a lot of states are fairly uniform as to what there are, Mm -hmm. what the rules are, but there are some that are way out off in left field somewhere. And so all of that has to be brought under the same umbrella. You Mm -hmm. can't be doing this with different rules, not for a national election. Now, if you want to do your city council one way and you know, wherever you happen to be or your county commissioners or something like mayor, something like that. Okay. It can be different in Oklahoma city than it is in Tulsa. But as far as the votes for president is concerned, right. That needs to be the same everywhere. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we can't be sitting here waiting, you know, a week from now to figure out with the, with the result on the line, you know, what ended up happening, and it would be probably a big state, California, Texas, Florida, New York, as as to how that's going to shake out. Yeah. You can't sit here for a week or who knows longer to try to figure out who the president of the United States is. Right. You know, what's funny about this, I talked about that war room that was being, you know, they went in, or not war room, but the war game that they played with the what they what they were going to do, you know, what what scenarios could play themselves out. You know, one of the most likely scenarios that plays out if Donald Trump uh, stays in office is the West Coast secedes from the Union. You know what? I think I'd be on board with that. No, that's the funny thing. The I mean, seriously, they so California, Oregon, and Washington would be yes. see ya? not by themselves. Okay. That, but the, I mean, I don't know who else. But they they mentioned those three states, and and it's like you know. I, for one, I don't think those three states can actually survive on their own and their infrastructure, especially since California will be the biggest drain and California's governmental structure has been abysmal. And then you have, so you have that reality. But what's weird to me is, I mean, I know that, you know, down here in the, uh, I don't know what region we're called, the Midwest. Are we technically well, the Midwest? Well, here really we're more the southwest, southwest or southern yeah. plains something like so that so you've got texas oklahoma kansas uh new mexico maybe uh arkansas missouri louisiana so this little cluster i've heard you know for years like we should just be our own little country down here because we all share a lot of the similar values and that probably uh, to me you can almost just separate the coasts and the values right. stay pretty similar right uh with some exceptions but uh you know, I think you're. We're looking at the thing, going, "Oh, well, yeah, we're like you just said. Your sentiment exactly. Oh, well, no, that's cool. Not because I I hate 
people there. No, it's because, look, I, I actually love people there. And my thought is, look, if you hate the way this country is, yeah, man, make your own country. We'll come and visit even. I mean, I don't, that'd be cool. I could become a world traveler within my own country. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh no, I, I went abroad to Oregon. <laughs> and I mean, cause honestly, um, although you know, even though, and I, I've been out, out there and it's gorgeous. It's yeah. great. The people are nice. But if that, if that area becomes its own country, I don't know that you would be able to afford to go visit there <laughs> well, maybe because not. they're already taxing their residents into oblivion yeah. and they have all kinds of for visitors as well. You know, the hotel motel taxes, right. The various other things that are, you know, landing fees at airports or so I don't know. You may you may have to really strike it rich just to be able to afford to spend a couple of days in well, that's one of those true. places. Now, see, the question is, I would think that Alaska would want to stay part of the union, but Hawaii would maybe want to be part of uh, of those three, or maybe Hawaii wants to be its own its uh, own dude. You know, the, I don't know the United well, we Front see, of Polynesia. You know, I. I, I you know, right now I'm I'm thinking anything literally could could happen. Dude, it's you know, 2020. 2020. <laughs> yes, with what's happened in 2020, all the things that we've seen this year that you know people thought, ah, you know, well, at least I don't need to worry about that, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, yeah, and depending upon what happens, and really, I think I think almost either way the election goes. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that you can count on is that we're going to have chaos. Yep. And the uh, the election right around the election is going to be worse than uh, what it was uh, during uh, the hanging Chad uh, situation. Of, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, W and uh, Al Gore. Right. Because that was really just in Florida, although it was obviously a key state to what happened. But you're going to you're going to have questions now in several states and and you know if trump appears to win on election night and then it changes you know the republicans are going to complain about all of this as to what happened and and all these votes coming in was fraudulent if it goes the uh, if if it goes the other way if trump wins i mean the democrats have been bitching about it ever since he got elected back in in 2016 you right. think they're not going to throw a fit over this oh yeah and so either way it goes it there will be chaos right and i think that's the one that's why i have no hope (laughs) right now when i say no hope like you know it's got to be qualified i'm talking about no hope for the american way of life now my my uh joy and happiness and contentment in life is separate and apart from what happens in this country i have hopes and and or I, i've said before i have no hope but i'm saying <laughs> i have desires for this country that i would love to see and and certainly i will be dis i i'm already disappointed but on the good side of things now we're going to go to oscar optimism versus debbie downer <laughs> really okay so oscar welcome in hey it's good debbie, to be get the here. heck out of here <laughs> no but i mean i think that's the thing on the plus side of stuff it's like uh, our life doesn't have to be defined by what's happening a thousand miles away. You know, we do live in a space like 
when I when I go in my backyard and I light a fire and I'm sitting around that fire and I'm enjoying life and and it, just enjoying those little moments, those small moments in life, man, they can last a lifetime. I'm reminded of this uh, old Star Trek movie episode. When I say old, I mean it's old now, but um, all Star Trek stuff's pretty pretty old. But they went and uh, they went to this place, and this was a new generation version of Star Trek. And uh, the place they were, people weren't aging, and so they were living for crazy long periods of time. And and so they had mastered this mo- like how to capture a moment in time and live in it. And that's kind of what I what I I remember that sticking out big time to me. And I think you know this is what I really want to do. When I was younger, I've always been a guy with drive and vision and passion to do stuff. And so my mind and 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 focus was always 15, 20 miles down the road. And when you're looking 20 miles down the road, you never see what's to the left and right of you in the moment. And when you can slow life down and appreciate the moment that you're in, and you can look around and appreciate the relationships, appreciate the fact that you and I can have these conversations, and whether anybody ever listens to them or not, you and I are having a good right, conversation. Right. Um, man, that's where you can begin to find some sense of of contentment. And of course, within my own faith and spending time with, with the creator of the universe. And that's what happens a lot when I'm having coffee out there by the fire pit. And it's like, man, this is, this is great. And chaos can be happening all around me, but I can adjust my own mindset. I enjoy those times also, you know, sitting on the, uh, on the back uh, porch, enjoying a late afternoon sunset or an yeah. early morning sunrise you know whatever and I, whether i'm drinking a cup of coffee for the sunrise or some bourbon or scotch or some other adult beverage for the sunset got my little earbuds uh, in listening to some tunes yeah and you know idiots in portland can be burning their city completely to the ground and it uh, affects me uh, not at all yeah not at all and but you know that and and here in Oklahoma and in the middle of the country i think you know a lot of us will be spared from some of that chaos uh and so that we can enjoy our back porch our backyards our fire pit or whatever without our house turning into a fire pit sure but there are no guarantees that's true there are no guarantees and the way th- things have gotten so bad in this country where it's you know republicans and democrats have have always disagreed about certain things but and and other but i i just seem so bad now mm-hmm. you know that no one and and i i think also that in for the general population especially in some of these places where we've seen there's no respect for anyone Mm-mm. you know no no one has any respect for other people's opinion nobody has any respect for their ability to live their life mm-hmm. you know they disagree with you well they're going to be in your face or they're just going to kill you right and because they don't they don't want to hear you disagree with them yeah you know they'll pull out their glock that they have stuffed in their waistband and just blow your brains out because they they have no respect for you and you talked about it a little bit you know some of the the, you know the generations that have grown up on video games where you could do that in a video game and suffer no consequences Mm -hmm. because nobody really died they're really dying now right 
And uh, there's just, you know, we used to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. Right. Where you could have a conversation like what we're having, although you and I tend to agree on a lot of things. Sure. But, you know, you could have conversations with people where you really disagreed with whatever position they were on on whatever but you didn't have to be screaming at each other and when the you were done with your conversation or your radio show or your television show or whatever it was you were doing you could go out to dinner with right. the, you know share a meal with each other and a couple of drinks right you know, now it's just people are screaming at each other and pointing fingers at each other, pointing weapons at each other. Right. Well, it's the sensationalism, too. It, you know, I think of, as you're saying that, I think of Piers Morgan and uh, Ben Shapiro. And it's really the the interview that made ben, Sh- put ben Shapiro on the map was his interview with Piers Morgan many years ago about um, gun control. And Piers Morgan, of course, was on the side of gun control and and uh, Shapiro was on the other side. Well, you watch that interview and you'd think they are, like, maybe not they, Piers Morgan was the one that was really mad. He's going to kill Ben, <laughs> you know? But the reality is they got off air. They have great respect for each other. They've remained friends for many years, and, and Ben Shapiro had him on his program, a Sunday program he does. And it was, and I posted this program on Facebook because, and what I posted was how to have a civil disagreement because <laughs> they disagree, but there was no anger, no nothing. But, but when you're on mainstream media television, you have to have that to get ratings. That's the whole point. And so at any cost, at the cost of the nation, we've created a volatile situation because people, they will share and contribute to things they're angry about way faster than things they love. And when people in this country want to get upset at the fact that there's only bad news on the news, they need to look no further than themselves because they're the ones watching it. They're the ones making it possible for those media companies because that's all they're doing. You think any of those media execs care about, they probably have their own opinion, but I can promise you their goal is to make money. And if you as a consumer are buying their product, they're going to keep making money and they're going to keep giving you more of the same product. So there's my rant. Yeah. We're out of time, by the way. Oh, we are. But you can make a point. It goes by so fast. I know. Do you want me to play the music or do you want to make a point? Uh, No, I, I, uh, I I would just say that we didn't, where there was a lot of things I wanted to talk about today that we didn't get to, because we were scat. We got caught up in scatter shooting that we went all over the place it's what happens and you know what that means when we don't get to everything we wanted to talk about episode four will happen yes (laughs) we will do it again he's jeremy griffin i'm randy renner this has been scatter shooting where anything anything goes